What is going down, everybody? Episode 88 of Not Politically Correct. It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C. Nova. You know I gotcha. A.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. E.T.E., a.k.a. Hank Hook, a.k.a. The Wonton Don, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino. And you can find me on Twitter at C. Nova KPZ. McCoy, what's going down this beautiful Saturday morning, bruh? You already know what the fuck going on. It's your boy, Rick McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Uh, Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Dope Dub Danny, a.k.a. FBI Mike, a.k.a. Hip Hop Harry. Harry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A.k.a. Hallway Jones. Because your bitch got me as her ringtone. She probably finna change that shit to my new shit, you feel what I'm talking about? Because I've been there for so goddamn long. It's crazy. I'm a legend in the ringtone business, you know what I mean? On some Soldier Boy shit. Hey. Hey. Boost Mobile. Right, exactly. <laughs> 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 and you can got the two-way joints out. <laughs> <laughs> Big palm Mixer. pilot action, what you talking about? Um, but you can find me at uh, Real McCoy Rebel on Snapchat and on Twitter at Real McCoy KPZ. Damster Jim on Instagram. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> you can also find me and on it's... Jew Book, the Jewish date map. Jew- oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he said, wow. He said, wow. Like, damn, it's what we on. <laughs> wow, Russell, he said. Wow. I don't go to this Hebrew church. <laughs> I don't go to this tabernacle. <laughs> okay, Cody. Hi, I'm Cody. A.K.A. Kid Cody. Because I'm a dork. Yo, you got your name on your shoes, dude? Yeah, these are like 10 years old, but that's kind of cool. Thank you. That, that's actually kind of cool. Low key. Low key. Cedar Ecor on every, including his shoes. Dog off top. I was just about to say that, including <laughs> the, the shoes. The laces say Cedar Ecor. <laughs> so I know which one to tie first. <laughs> C. One got C. One got D. <laughs> At C D, and the other one says Ecor. <laughs> first and last shoe strings looking ass. <laughs> Russ, the barman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. Kid Universal, a.k.a. The Pretender, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. Russ the Bus. Hey, 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 hey. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Sound like Timberland and shit. Chicago. Etc. <laughs> uh, nobody? All right. Uh, you I got it. <laughs> no, we, we referenced that earlier one time. <laughs> the Never seen them. Snap. Ask that is Snapchat is and on IG at Candy Cupid C A N D I D underscore C U P D I T Y. We got uh, a <laughs> Raymond from every like love Raymond in the building. <laughs> I was going for Prometheus and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he voiced Prometheus. You don't know. <laughs> okay, I feel it. Um. So, you know, you can also find us on Facebook at Not Politically Correct Podcast, that Facebook group. I don't know why it's hard for me to say that. Not Politically Correct Podcast. Raps for so long and I can't. That's always Because like it's literally thing. not politically right. correct to say that. It's impolitically correct, right. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> ah. But it un- took us a year and a half to figure out oh, how just, shit we're doing. <laughs> well, shout out to Eng- English language. Um, you can also find English. us on. Uh, <laughs> 
English. You can like <laughs> English. You can <laughs> like our Facebook page at uh, NBC Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. Um, and you can search us on SoundCloud, the podcast app, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, anything that you can listen to shit on. Go ahead and type in Not Politically Correct Podcast. Watch us come up. You can like it. You know, like our shit. You can leave us comments. You can interact with us. We'll, we'll read it. I promise you we're going to read it. I don't yeah, even promise yeah. that, but it it's gonna be there, and that's good for something, yeah. right? So, boom, there you some go. Some five stars, yo. Five stars. We some five star niggas. We some or in company. Uh, I, uh, we. <laughs> 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 and now it's time for. Drop it like it. Sports. Oh. Wrong segment. Wrong segment. Well, yeah, but you you started with the. After you up story of the week. Music. So with the five year two hundred and twenty eight point two million dollar extension. <laughs> the largest contract in NBA history which I am astonished by because we are like the smallest or one of the smallest teams and cities in the NBA. So I feel like because of this, we have no salt to put on our roads anymore for this winter, but at least Giannis is getting paid. Um, there is a kid named Andrew Parker who bought a Giannis rookie sports card for forty thousand dollars in two thousand seventeen. We could talk and, about that a little bit. I still think. No, we, we, people, but, uh, in 2020, the 16-year-old sold that same card for one million eight hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Oh, whoa! Damn! Whoa! Yeah. Good for yeah. the kid, but still, Giannis is getting paid too damn much. Okay. All right. All right. TS. Now, now we're on to something. Okay. Why do you say that, TS? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've covered this a few times, but these. Famous people get paid way too fucking much, period. Their standard of living is extremely high for no reason at all. I get they have to have really good insurance. Okay, that's cool. But, I mean, if we look at the state of the economy and stuff, where is anybody pulling this money out of? For the next... That's why you moved. For the next stimulus check, the first one was 1200 bucks. That was back in March. I was back in March. That was supposed to last us eight to ten months. <laughs> yeah, that was twelve hundred bucks for I guess over a million some not people. So it's spread out. Okay, this next check that's supposed to be rolling out, they're saying could be up to six hundred dollars. They're not even going to be able to that's match it? the twelve hundred. Yes, that's what I'm saying, dude. They can't. They they're thinking they're not going to be able to match the twelve hundred because the budget isn't that big. So if we can't afford to send. People, money, important people, you know, the niggas that keep the economy going. Which I don't understand. Because Where are we getting the money to pay Giannis and LeBron James and any other famous person? Where the fuck is this money coming from? Well, but I'm saying, like, th- that's that's what boggles me because, you know, they talk about the, the budget, they talk about this, talk about that, talk about the deficit and everything of that nature, but we're one of the quote unquote richest com- countries. And there are countries who don't have our economic um, ability, stability, any of that, and they're paying their people uh, two thousand a month. So that's that's my like my disconnect. Because okay, like you can't maintain 
2000. You couldn't maintain the 1200. You can't maintain the 600, but you know, we're doing all these other things, all these other tax breaks and stuff like that, that could benefit the country, but you benefit these five and six and seven people um, who are already well off. I'm also perplexed or confused like how we are one of the richest countries if we owe so much debt to, like i feel like that we're not rich if we owe money because we're like right. in the negatives then so i don't right. i kind of it's like asterisk or that's not true right yeah that, that's it yeah i that, feel like if it's like well, income revenue or based on like resources you know well money in and yeah. of itself is like just a figment like a, it's made up it's <laughs> right yeah we got more deer like, hide than you like it's like <laughs> I don't know. We don't. We could go all day talking about how fucking the how the economy and everything that revolves around money and how our shit works is like a fucking fabrication. answers. We got Scooby Doo. We got Scooby Doo here today, everyone. Rut row. Astro in the building. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I feel like I always in my head try to sing the Jetsons, but accidentally in the tune of the Flintstones. <laughs> Meet the Jetsons near the heaven of the. Wait, is that? That's definitely Flintstones. Yeah, see, yeah, what the fuck? You're saying Meet the Jetsons to the Flintstones theme. The Flintstones. Yabba, yabba, they, but do they're they're a similar song, though. Not they're really. In space. <laughs> Not, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Russell Prosity. And I was like, that's so cool that Jimmy Butler said that. Okay, so we all know that Russell was born in 65. He knows all the classic cartoons. Woo! Okay. He, God. he wrote that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's and on, his bald, on his Baldwin piano. <laughs> Not Alec. So Jimmy Butler said, This year we finna win it. I'm going to be better than ever. Just wait on it. And if that's true, because we saw how hard he went in the finals pause and like mm-hmm. in the play, like putting up like 47, 48 minutes per game, being so exhausted. Like yep. if you can top that, I'd be so impressed because I already feel bad for the dudes like internal organs during <laughs> the last playoffs. <laughs> like, damn, rest, man. There's Gatorade right next to you. <laughs> Bitch, we overheating. I'm gonna stop. That's his heart talking to him, by the way. Ah. <laughs> uh. In case you were wondering what's gonna stop. I, I thought that was his teammates. I'm like, damn. <laughs> that would make Why are sense. they so mad? <laughs> then there's his heart. <laughs> uh, Gilbert Arenas said, uh, I'm comparing Bronny to LeBron in high school. He said, he's you. The difference between you and him at this point is you needed basketball to get out of where you were. Mm. Mm. Who said that about what? Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas said, about said that son. about his son, right? Yeah, Brian's son. Okay. Comparing Brian's son to Brian. Was he talking directly to, to Brian? Uh, to LeBron? Oh, he was talking to LeBron and said that about LeBron and his son. I thought he was talking to LeBron's son. I'm like, what was he talking to? Oh. 
Is it via load management? I'm sure it was probably because Global Arenas is like a, you know, not like sports analyst talk person. So it's probably not directly to him, but he no. was quoted saying that. Okay, because I know he was talking to um, he was talking to um, Shannon Sharp. And Shannon, oh yeah. This is the one. I don't know if you were gonna bring this up, but he was talking. This is when he was talking about the Giannis. He said Giannis and Harden are the same two players, but Giannis is Harden in the um, in the East. In the East. Which was a little bit kind of like fascinating to me because I was like, I feel like Harden has a wider skill set, but what do I know? I don't, I don't believe that, but I feel like time will tell just because like it could lead to that, but I doubt it just because uh, Giannis is a lot younger than Harden. Um, a lot younger. Now it, well, how I mean, he's just turned 26 and Harden's 29. Let's see. Really? James yeah. Harden is 29. That guy. Yeah, he's younger than who, me. He's like, who says black doesn't crack? Well, he looks like he's <laughs> like 42. <laughs> Are you? He's 29. I feel I'm, like he's yeah, been he's, in the league a lot longer. He's than he's younger than he's younger than me, and I'm 31. But he and he's, he's younger than ugly. me. Ugly. Oh my <laughs> lord. So what we learned today is that Cody does not like James Harden's looks. <laughs> Somebody said so. Oh boy, Gilbert said something about Bron's son not having Jeffrey? to. Oh, what? <laughs> not having Dude, a quarter. <laughs> so it's yeah. my time. looking at. Um. So I I saw this and thought it was funny too. Uh, so Kyrie Irving said, "It's really just about how I felt about the mistreatment of certain artists when we get to a certain platform of." And we make certain decisions uh, within our lives, and we have full control and ownership. We want to perform in a secure and protected space. Charles Barkley responded, saying, "When he talks, I'm like, what the hell is he trying? What is he saying? And what is he trying to say? He starts talking about what an artist is. He's a basketball player. Listen, we're not the frontline responders. We're not teachers. Yo, man, you dribble a basketball. Stop acting like you're the smartest person in the world." Yikes. Damn. Ooh, yikers. Yeah. What's up with all these shots being fired? Uh-huh. From basketball. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, what do we talk about? Right. No, I, I it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what prompted Gilbert to say anything about Braun's son? Why why would that be said in an interview? Why would that have to be pointed out? I mean, I don't think there's anything too negative at all. He's saying that they're the same they play the same way and you know the same the only thing is like because what lebron you know he had to get out of akron ohio or you know he was in a very unwealthy state at the time and now he's kind of made obviously and his son doesn't have to worry about money like that oh well his son plays too but and because his son plays that's why i would have took it as a negative thing because LeBron had to be so good that he had to outshine every other person that claims that they know how to play basketball. You know how many people in the U.S. think that they're going to make it to the NBA because they're the coldest on the court? LeBron had to beat all those people in order to make it to the place that he is right now. But because LeBron's son is LeBron's son, he automatically gets a spotlight. Why does he get a spotlight over somebody else just on the court on on Burleigh playing on Sherman Park? Because he's good. No, I'm just kidding. No, he is. I mean, you're, you're, he's going to get more recognized because of the last name, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. they're shining like LeBron's son and Dwayne Wade's son and, you know, stuff like that. And Will, Will LeBron and 
his son be in the league the same time and stuff. Time will tell because his son's 16 right now. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're that's big uh, shadow, big <laughs> shoes to fill. So, but they can obviously see that he's actually like filling in those shoes. Yeah, I think it's kind of shade that's being thrown, and I think it also highlights the fact that. Um, the NBA, maybe sports teams in general, are becoming kind of like, we'll say, politicians. And that if you grew up in a political house and your parents are senators or um, they were representatives of some sort, and then you get into that field because your parent has that uh, class, now you can be brought up, kind of like the Kennedys or something like that, or the Bushes, so, or whatever. I was going to say, Brian even the Obamas. Well, I mean, George W. <laughs> and it's just like the whole household name thing because people are going to be more inclined to expect you to fill this role because of who your predecessor was. And it's it's yeah. like that in, in most fields. It's not something new to basketball. So bashing basketball players about it seems really stupid when we're not looking at other Dude. parts of the industries that do the same thing. Light bulbs. Yeah. That's why Probably people have so much beef with Johan. Yeah. And comedy, I know uh, Richard Pryor's son got crucified for that because he sucked, but um, <laughs> his father's, I mean, it literally, like, they crucified him at the uh, the Apollo Theater because he was terrible. <laughs> Damn. Well, I guess that's, so that's kind of the redeeming thing um, with the entertainment versus politics. If you're bad at politics, you might be able to get reelected because of your family name and money and whatever. If you're bad in the entertainment industry, you're just going to lose fans. You have no fans, you have no endorsements, you lose money, and nobody cares about you anymore on the set. Even if you have the last name of uh, James or Antetokounmpo or whatever. So, yeah, I guess you're right. Never mind. <laughs> oh, dog. I kind of waited till after the pet. No, I'm just kidding. I, what, can I, well, let me... <laughs> Yeah, sure. Sorry. Next next time I'll hold my sports talk for after hey, the pod. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, no, what I'm thinking. I'm no, no. What I'm thinking is what I'm thinking is this. When we talk about people and like the names, you know, like and and how, you know, that that brings people it brings people like more recognition or more or more eyes. It's just funny mm-hmm. because I think about like it's so hit or miss, bro. Like look at like Jaden mm-hmm. Smith. Jaden Smith is better than Will Smith as a rapper ever was. And it's like you have these dynamics where it's like, okay, you either going to sink or swim because once they throw you out there to the Sharks, you know, your name is going to give you to the Sharks quicker. But it's like, it's it's so funny because you can never call it. You can never call who's going to come, you know, come from LeBron James. And if his son's going to be good, ba- his son could want to be a fucking uh, astronaut for all we fucking like. But his dad's been playing basketball with him since he was six. And so you never really know. It's like crazy because we have these different debates and these different like thoughts of how how this is going to work but you never know it's definitely hit or miss and it is more pressure but it's just like d- like damn you think about it do as lebron son do you even want that do you even want that pre- do you want to even be able to say i'm lebron james son or you just want to be like damn my name is michael clarence thomas and shit from like you know you want to make you want to start making up welcome shit to state farm <laughs> right exactly exactly like do you want to make up that- that also speaks to the character of the person too, because um, it, it all. Okay, so I use Richard Pryor's son as an example. I don't think he prepared like he should have, and I think he was trying to live on his father's name. Um, right. Honestly, if you wanted to make it on your own and really like prove yourself in the business, 
I would have went with another name. And then later on, they figure out, oh, yeah, that's dude's son. He got talent. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. Um, like anybody in the NBA, as far as, like, you know, if I was Michael Jordan's son, I wouldn't be trying to use that as leverage to do anything except maybe get some connections to get into the arena. But everything else would be my own hard work. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got to use your opportunities as, as, as best as you can and use your connections to get to those higher levels. But if you can't perform at those higher levels, that doesn't mean anything at all. Right. Yep. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> I think it'd be extremely difficult to, for one, Michael Jordan's son, if we're going to use that as an example, yeah. for his son to use his connects, but also separate himself from the name. I think if you're going to really build your name, you have to completely separate and really like get it out the mud on your own. You have to form your own network somehow, some way without using the family name at all. As soon as you use the family name as any kind of leverage or any kind of weight to throw around, you fucked yourself. Now you're connected to that name. But that's different than um, using it to get to certain levels, like not throwing your name around to get um, any special treatment, but to get some looks. Yeah. People are going to come because they know the name. They're going to come and look to see if you have the, the, the metal, but that doesn't disregard your hard work, is what I'm saying. Okay, I feel it. I feel it. Um, you know, it's weird. Like, so think Steph Curry. Steph Curry's dad, Dale Curry, yeah. was uh, you know, in the NBA for years. He he brought Steph and shit around like Vince Carter in the early 2000s and shit. Like, like, um, and like <laughs> they had to had him around all these <laughs> around all these. <laughs> so we're not in person. I can't see people's expressions and stuff, but every now and then Cody will turn his camera on and <laughs> he'll see his expression to whatever anybody's saying and it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, I feel it. Uh so yeah. I don't know what he has against the fact that you said that Steph has a dad or not, but right. and no, they got no, a father. No, it's not, no. It's not related to that. No, you know those blacks. Right. Have, you're lucky, son. Of, no. Oh my lord. Get it, Cody. I'm getting it. No, just for that. Please do not talk about Kid Cuddy. Okay, just don't do it. Just for me. Yeah, I got notes. I got no. notes. <laughs> <laughs> I have letters. Like, throw them away. <laughs> no, I'm sitting like this, like, just looking back and more, like, quiet because I'm like, I just find it funny how I got all these notes about sports to talk about, and I haven't said a word in, like, the past 13 minutes, I feel okay. like. So I was like, <laughs> so, my bad. I, like, let me, I just, okay. Oh, I thought you were making that face because you're like, no. that doesn't have a dad. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a dad, Del Curry. <laughs> Which I said well, already. Yeah. Um, McCoy said that. <laughs> you no, haven't I... said anything in the last 13 minutes. All you did was make a face when uh, McCoy said hate. stuff as a dad. <laughs> hey, Del Curry. Like, what the fuck? I made a face, man. I just had my camera on. <laughs> like a brand of pickles. He was a B, he was a B, <laughs> B, B minus level fucking athlete at best. Like, um, Del Curry, fucking Indian pickle. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been Lenovo to Curry. Dude. Well, okay. Okay, wait. All Gateway I wanted Curry. to say was this. <clears throat> it worked in Steph's, in Steph's favor because he and his brother are actually better basketball players than their father. So mm -hmm. in in that sense... Oh, he is. He, in, that, <laughs> in that sense, he was able to take the family name make it, and expand on it. So if, like, Michael Jordan was a B-list star and his son came through and was like... Le Le current Michael or like was like 
Michael Jordan level or current LeBron level or some shit like that, it'd be it'd be great because it's like he can usher his son and get his son around the right people, and then his son shows up like, oh, y'all thought I was gonna be Dale Curry? No, I'm Steph, bitch. Like, look at my three point right. range. <laughs> Bigger <laughs> name, he's like breaking records with those threes and stuff like that. And actually, he was just named uh, best point guard in the league right now. Steph. I'm not a fan of those corners <laughs> right now though, but. Steph Curry was like current. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean we're just playing preseason, but like, damn. <clears throat> like maybe if he had better in defense or something, he's a great shooter. But okay, if you guys want to say he's best, all right. And yeah, I think there's a lot that should go into being a point guard. Right. Yeah. Popularity, um, politics. Last thing that I think I don't know what you guys have to say about this. Um, last thing about uh, basketball at least. Uh, Vanessa Bryant posted on social media that her mother is trying to extort a financial downfall on her and her family with a lawsuit. For years, Kobe and Vanessa supported her and paid for her to live near them. She wants $96 an hour in back pay for watching her grandchildren for 18 years. Vanessa's mom also demands $5 million, a new house, and an SUV. Wow. Yeah, I, heard, I heard this story. I thought the five million dollars was the back pay total, which seemed a little. That's off what me. I thought too. It, seemed, it still seemed a little off to me because I'm like ninety five dollars an hour for eighteen years. That you, that's more than five. I feel like that's more. God, than them is your them is your children. Unless you're right. trying to get like some health insurance or something like that, um, and you need a statement, that's just file. Plain and simple. Yeah, right. you do that to your family, dude. Yeah, yeah. And they just like no one's forcing you to do it. It's like your decision. You're agreeing to it. But yeah, like you said too, I was thinking that and that um like it's like that's your grandchildren. Right. Why are you gonna Why would like, you no, you better pay me because I, I I need money to love them. Like what? And that's your and then even more than that, this your daughter. Why would you do your your offspring right. like that? You know? Not to mention your right. grandchild, not to mention your lineage, your legacy and shit, but like Pick her while she's down. Yeah, bro. She lost her her husband. Died in a fiery fucking helicopter crash. Like, if that's not right. fucking gore, if that, I mean, I'm getting into detail, man. I'm just, I'm saying that the fire was just kept going and going, and there's <laughs> arms and legs everywhere. And Jesus, man, they pulled this mango this? flesh out of the. No, but listen, like it. it <laughs> that a picky toe for three. <laughs> um, for that to happen to her this year, and you. Be doing that. I can see maybe like not not not. I can see because you shouldn't be suing your daughter. I was say, I can't see, but like if this happened like six years ago, <laughs> At like least I had, wait three years. Yeah. Like I had like a fallout <laughs> or some shit. It might it, it might register no. a little bit be- a little bit better. But the fact that she lost her husband this year, we went through a pandemic. Like you should be holding on dear, dear holding on closely to the your loved ones, and you suing your daughter, like. This is just, and for the reason you're suing her, it's not like she fucked you out of some money for real. The reason you are suing her is crazy. Like I had to watch my grandkids, right? Because <laughs> I got to sit in the mansion and, and be completely taken care of for the last eighteen years. How dare you? How dare you? Right. They, she should damn near counter sue. Like, oh well, we actually paid you for this, this, and this, and this, and that, and then we can itemize all this stuff. And didn't you use this amount of electricity while you were at our house? And blah blah. Right. Exactly. If you have <laughs> anything that we've bought within the last 10 years, I'm going to need that money back. Right. Since you want to play top. this game. Right. Um, and I know we probably bought you a house, probably bought you a car, probably got you clothes, probably bought the food that you eat. So, yeah, all you want to play this game, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to need all that back. Oh, then we top. can talk about the, the money that we owe you to see if it matches. Right. <laughs> My husband wasn't the only one that was good at playing games. 
right, Aaron Rodgers uh, was quote saying, there's not many guys who would have won three MVPs. So that would definitely mean a lot as his motivation to get his third MVP trophy. Um, he would join Tom Brady, Johnny Unitas, Jim Brown, Peyton Manning, Hold on. and Brett Favre. Oh, I was going to say it's Brett Damn, they, they all have. Got, <clears throat> yeah, he deserved it. So also, uh, Rodgers, uh, quote is saying, "There's uh, way too many people labeled the goat, but now because there's way too many goats, I'm probably in that conversation. I feel like I get what he's saying. Like you know, everyone's saying like, oh, he's a goat, he's a goat, he's a goat.' It's like greatest of all time, not timeses or like, <laughs> you know, I don't get why people like put so many people. Like, there's one great, but. I mean, yeah. because exactly. people keep putting it in there, I would see why he would say, like, I'd probably in there. But also, at the same time, I'm like, that sounds kind of arrogant. Don't I think it, sounds, it, it damn near sounds kind of humble, though, because he's not saying, he's like, I'm not saying I'm the greatest. He's like, I think I've, you know, the stats kind of prove that I'm one of them, but there are many of us. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, if anything, I think that's kind of humble of him because he could make the argument, um, you know, that he, he could be one of those people that make the argument, like, I'm the greatest. I, he could make the argument. I wouldn't agree with Aaron Rodgers saying that necessarily, but he could make that argument. So I think in mm. this sense of saying, and he's like he's including the Tom Brady's and the Brett Favre's and the you know mm-hmm. all those people. Okay. So, in in my opinion, I understand that. I, I like that too. <laughs> I get that. Huh? <gasps> me, and, me and Cody Bask agree. Bask in your shine, shine, Cody. Bask in your shine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> MLB to recognize the Negro League as Major League. Uh, MLB says it's correcting a long-term oversight by adding Negro League stats and records to Major League Baseball's history. A long-term overdue. So that's pretty cool that they're doing that. I like that, but then yeah. I also don't like it. And here's why: I like that the okay. Negro. I like that the Negro League was its, its own entity. You know, I like that it wasn't one of those things where we had to get a. No offense, Cody. Where we were trying to get approval from white people because they can kiss my ass. It's like it was like our own thing, and I get it. You don't have to say no offense to me. I didn't make that decision. I was not on the committee. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, I voted. heard that. He said I was not on the committee, but like, but like, I just it is cool. It is cool because they were baseball players doing that at the same time, and probably were only in their own league because the niggas wouldn't let uh, let them, you know, be where they should have been, which was. In MLB, you know, so it's cool that they get to compare them and shit, but at the same time, it's like, and it's weird. They push them off to the side, like you, you guys can't play in the MLB. You're gonna have your own like kind of singer. It's it's weird because I'm like, and I I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking ownership because you know of the shit going on with Wayne and the selling of the Masters and all that shit. I'm like, does that mean like when they sell like the Negro Bruce? League, the Negro League shit? Does that mean that the Major League Baseball like owns the rights and all this shit to all that shit or? I would honestly assume just because I know like they would have um, I forget what day it is could be like February or March but they would have uh, like Negro League I don't know if it's like appreciation day in the MLB where they would dress up or like their uniforms would be that Negro League so the Milwaukee Brewers would wear the Milwaukee Bears uh, Negro League uniforms oh okay I didn't even know that okay so they yeah, so they've, dope. they've been merged. Okay, I feel it. I feel it. Well, so based on that, I would assume that they have like ownership right. or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right. Unless they're just stealing again. Stephen A. Stealing. Stephen A. Stealing. Um, and my <laughs> favorite, one of my favorite uh, bas- uh, baseball players, Ken Griffey Jr. His nickname was the Kid. Speaking of 
Kid uh, Kid Cudi released a new album. <laughs> I like that whoever is doing that um nice uh, whistle hum thing in the background. That seems like a a sound you it's... might hear in a Kid Cudi song. Um, so my fellow Americans, uh, today we're gonna talk about <laughs> love. We're gonna talk about um <laughs> one. <laughs> Of the one of the goats, since we're talking about you know, you know, people being goaded, if you will. Uh, so for the last, definitely going for euros after this. <laughs> so for the because goats, <laughs> right? Not Wait, lamb, lamb and shit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that. I'm getting the goat this time. <laughs> I'm gonna try I'm something gonna eat new. you, Michael Jordan. You are what you eat, head ass. Um, uh, okay. bugs, <laughs> bunny. <laughs> so for the last twelve years. One of the most alternative and get most influential artists, Kid Cudi, has blessed the people in the music industry with some of the most creative pieces of music. Straight out of the Midwest, of from the city of Cleveland. Shaker Heights. Yes, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, okay, thank you, Cody. He's going to be my... He's going to be the pallbearer to my undertaker today. Um, and Tess is going to be the dead guy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Can Russell be the stone cold that we crucified? Um, <laughs> the executor. <laughs> um, nah, so straight out of the Midwest, you have this talent who comes on, bursts on the scene in the late 2000s. And so really changed the game. Helped to influence people like Travis Scott, for sure. Travis, for those of you who don't know, Travis Scott's name is Jaquees Webster. Travis Scott comes from his uncle, his favorite uncle, Travis, and Scott, as in Scott McCuddy, as in Kid Cuddy. Scott Meskitty. Whatever. Thank you. That guy. <laughs> um, so he's influenced literally in front That's of our... It's definitely a fun fact because I definitely... I, I never looked these things up. I just imagined his name was Scott Cuddy. Oh, he's, okay. I feel I feel that. Um, close, close. Um, but... um. No cigar. <laughs> Which is funny because uh-huh. TS always has those. Um, <laughs> anywho, this guy has really changed the game and influenced people from Travis Scott to Quavo to, to any any rapper that hums, sings, does anything like that. They've kind of paid homage to Kid Cudi and even helped, was there along the way from Kanye during the you know 808s and Heartbreak period. He was all over. That was all that was dripped and stained in Cudi esque behavior, you know, ushering in the. the uh, ushering in the the skinny jean trend and all of that shit, he helped do like he really the hipster movement in rap. You know, he was a part helped to be a part of that. It's just a lot of things that Cuddy has done. Now, in 2020, he has dropped the final piece to the trilogy, to the trilogy, the Man on the Moon trilogy. He's dropped Man on the Moon three. Is it the final piece though? Yeah, because it's supposed to be a trilogy. He's always said it was going to be a trilogy. So this yeah, is the. But- but it did say to be continued at the end. It did say. I, well, people keep saying that, but I didn't. I haven't paid attention to that, so I don't know. What? Did you <laughs> like, listen? I did. I listened, no, I listened. I listened to it six times, and I listened to it six times, and actually uh, partially again to the, today. I haven't heard the. I I didn't focus in on that, but people keep saying so. I, I don't know, like, why when we get to the end of the album or the last song, I don't. Hear the yeah, it, me, but it is what it is. I listened to it nine times, so I win, and he does. Like, he said, it. "So I win." But the question is, all in all, though, 
how good is this album? You know? And so I'm going to... Very. I'm going to pass it really quickly before I even get into my breakdowns. I'm going to pass it around like a blunt, if you will. We're going to start... I want to start with T.S. Damn, I, wanna, I wanted to hear Russ. Okay, we're going to start with Russell I, then. I was gonna, I was gonna go T.S. Russell then Cody because I feel like he was gonna, he was gonna, but I, but we can do it in whatever order. But I want you guys to talk about it first. So Russ, tell us what you thought about the album and give us whatever pieces that you want to add to this uh, Cuddy legacy you about to talk about today. Just say well, it very quietly so we can't hear anything because it's gonna be negative. I wrote it down, so <laughs> I wrote it down. So I got some. I listened to this album like three or four times, so. All right, uh, so let me first. Y'all sure y'all want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and do your third is, Blair. It's right, on you. All right. Can all you tell right. us after the pod? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me start off by saying I was never a fan of Cuddy. Um, when I first heard him many years ago, I heard a snippet of a song, and he wasn't rhyming, or rather he wasn't. He didn't rhyme for that particular cadence. Yep. And I was like, the fuck is this, yo? Like... <laughs> <laughs> This ain't rap, like you know. So and I and I kept it moving, but um, I listened to um, a day and night techno remix uh, a couple years after that. Um, I think it was on YouTube. Um, I had heard this. I was uh, watching this anime, and they had these different songs. And one of the songs that was in the playlist was the, the techno remix of this of uh, day and night. And I'm yeah. like, you know, this seems like it'd be a nice song by itself. I wonder. What the original is, who is it? And I looked it up and realized it was cutting. Was like, all right, let me let me let me look at it. Let me try it. And I love this. <laughs> I love this song. Like I listened to some more songs and listened to some other stuff and anything I could find on them. And overall, I thought he was he was pretty dope. But like I said, I didn't. I never felt like I was a fan of Cuddy. Like, not to say any of his music was was, was terrible at all. Um, I enjoyed his music. I thought as an individual. He was an amazing dude, but I personally never felt like I was a, a fan. When his album came out, um, and in my listening to it, I felt like I was drifting off to other playlists and other songs. And I'll tell you why. Wait, is you, said, not, you said this album? Yeah. This album? Yeah. Okay. This all album. Right. All right. And it's not a nut on, on, on Cuddy at all. Um, what I liked about him then and what I like about him now is his song structure and how he feels like he always introduces something new on the tracks that makes me nod to the beat. His music actually reminds me of other songs I've heard in a nostalgic way, kind of in the same mm. way that I was I was talking about with the Busta Rhymes, essential level of, of it, um, new album, is that it was so nostalgic it made me want to go back and listen to those older tracks, not saying that I don't like this new album, but like, man, this is such a dope song. Oh, it reminds me of this song. Man, I haven't heard that song in a, in a long time. And it really brought me back to those type of songs. Um, and so, like, I didn't want to think, want y'all to think I was dismissing him or dissing him. But I had to get that off. Like, I was never really a fan of Cuddy um, like that. Um, but I, I think the album is dope. Like, Tequila Shots put me in a mood to listen to Space Odyssey for some reason. It just gives me, like, the same chord progression um, and... And, and, you know, like the orchestration and things of that nature. Because yeah. that's what I listen to when I listen to songs. It's always chords first, and then I got to go back and listen to the lyrics and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of his stuff gave me weekend vibes. It gave me um, some Zed and Pendulum vibes, which I keep telling you how to listen to. Um, but it really is, like, 
an album full of nostalgia. And the last thing I'm going to say about it is that I think Rockstar Nights is probably one of my favorite tracks. Oh, Trippy Red. Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting, too. I, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. I like the... Oh, and Elsa's Baby Boy is, is weird as shit. But yeah, like, that... Like, <clears throat> like, it feels, like, so out of place. So, um, oh, my... Oopsy and different. But it, it like... It fits somehow. You know what I mean? It's like it's cutting. No, <laughs> no, I feel it though. I feel it like. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. It is very. That song is very cutty. But we gonna we gonna we gonna, we gonna go back to that. Uh, <laughs> Cody. Well, you, you, go, me, Cody. you had me a lot sc- more scared when you said that I'm not gonna like your review. Yeah. Yeah, at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, I was definitely more excited. But. Ain't that climactic? Wanted you to got Cody. Feels for this guy, yo. Russ, what do you have to say about, 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 about Cuddy? Please, Russ? Like, T.S. is just on the edge of his seat to make somebody be hurt. Fuck this nigga, bro. He's like, so you don't want to say he's bad, right? You don't, you don't want to just tell him how like, shitty he is? Kill him. All right, so my take on the album, like, I, I agree with Russ in that it's classic Cuddy, and that's what makes it dope. He is up to date with the new sounds, so he doesn't sound like an old man in a new place trying to do something that he doesn't need to be doing. He's just staying in his old man lane, you know? He has uh, grew with the times, so that's dope, while also maintaining his own essence. And, And saying that, listening to this album brought me back to listen to some of old Cuddy's stuff, and if you listen to a discography of anybody, you really get their vibes. And if you listen to Kid Cudi, you get depressed. I get depressed. He's a really depressing dude. Um, but that's, yeah, yeah that's, so that's him. <laughs> that's his, his thing. That's his, uh, his element. He was, he's um, credited for ushering in rapper's abilities to talk about mental health health and wellness and things because he was so open about his uh, a lot on all of his records and things like this. So he has this classic element about him. So overall, it sounds like a decent Cuddy album. Um, is it something that I continually play over and over? No, because I like being happy. And this will <laughs> make me want to kill myself. Not because it's bad, but because shit. It, He's, Why would I want to be sad all the damn time? He's good at making you feel, right? Yeah, exactly, which makes him a great artist, but fuck, is it depressing. Um, it's like listening to an advanced Juice World or something like that. If Juice World had <laughs> Cuddy as a mentor and had better chord progressions and better writing ability, even though Juice didn't write, he rapped or uh, freestyled everything. But I'm saying, like, Cuddy would be More what refined. Juice would evolve into look, look, if he, he was a Pokemon. <laughs> what the fuck, bro? Make an evolution. Wait, the, the funny thing, the funny thing about you saying that is that I caught some of when I listen to Cuddy now, like and this is sad on my part because I feel like I'm getting old. So when I listen to shit now, I'll be like, man, this nigga got that from this nigga got that shit from Nas. This nigga got that. I listen to Jack Harlow, I'll be like, that nigga got that shit from Drake. And you could tell. And I listen to a lot of Juice World, I'll be like, man, without Cuddy, will we be here? And so it's funny that you say things mm-hmm. like that because it's definitely you know, shout out R.P. Juice World. It's definitely, he's definitely, Cuddy's in the veins in the, or the DNA of Juice World. He would have been if he was still alive. In the veins of Juice World, in the DNA of Juice World. And I feel like Juice, 
was actually a better rapper than far better rapper than Cuddy. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's enough. Okay, that, so kind of want to talk about the rapping on this album. <laughs> I know you're gonna get into your oh you your know spiel oh, oh you know oh, listen you, to oh, it hey, and hey, everything. Hey, man, I'm gonna do what I do, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> so I'm time. not gonna quote any particular do. bars, but but. I was excited for this album because I thought it was going to be a great mix of the original Cuddy, everybody knows in love with the humming and the harmonizing and stuff like that. But Cuddy was like, uh, Travis Scott said that I need to rap more. He likes it when I rap. So, and I feel like I'm slept on as a rapper. So I'm definitely going to come with it on this album. I heard no track on this album <laughs> where he brought it as a rapper. There's no, there's no track where... He's like, yo, this nigga really snapped. He really came with it. He's doing all the same shit that he always does. Can he I didn't real quick? sing as much. Go ahead. Um, so that quote of him saying that he feels slept on as a rapper is from the interview he had about this album with uh, Zane Lowe. And it was actually in reference to not this album, but he says, I feel slept on as a rapper. That's why I wanted to make that song with Eminem because he's looked at as one of the like goats and lyrical best, so I wanted oh. to everybody to be toe to toe, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, that he didn't do any of that shit on this album. That, that, he completely missed with that. But <laughs> not to say I don't have any famous uh, favorite tracks, so that way I can pass it on to Cody and then to McCoy on this. I think I love Damaged. I mean, it's yeah. funny that I don't really like feeling sad and stuff, but Damaged is a dope ass track. Love Damaged. Damaged uh, me. Show out with Pop oh. Smoke. Dude, that one's like a hype song, I feel like. I'm sorry. That shit hit. Yeah. Well, hey, I, you're a huge Cuddy fan, so this just validates the fact that, yo, these are really good Cuddy tracks. Uh, Show Out, Dope as Fuck, um, and The Void. Those are my top three favorite tracks. The last two tracks, For the Kids and Lord I Know, are really uh, dope, too. They're up there. But as far as top three tracks off the album, it would have to be Damage, The Void, and uh, Show Out. Okay. All right. But yeah, go ahead on Cody. I don't know where you start. Um, well, since you just talked about uh, 40 kids and Lord, I know, I think those are very perfect songs to put at the very end of the album, just to kind of like write it out and end it. Yeah. Um, but so I, my first listen, now, like I said, I listened nine times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it starts out. <laughs> He made sure he wrote that shit. Y'all, he been texting nice. for the, just for the people, just so the people at home know. This nigga been texting me all week. Like I'm on my fifth <laughs> listen. I'm on, I'm on my fourth listen. And this is how I feel right now. This listen, I'm like, I got it. All right, all right, Cody. All right. The fact that you texting have- annoying. <laughs> same, 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 same. Um, so it starts out with a, I don't know if you can call it skit, but that intro, beautiful trip, and it. Dun, 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 which yeah. if you know Man yep. of the Moon stuff one yep. and two, yep. I'm like, this is it. This I didn't, you know, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? I didn't realize that that was an ongoing sound until oh. until this album because I remember it from What Up, How's You're Everyone Doing, and I only because oh like, that was in the second one. Yeah, yeah, and that was how, that's how it came in. You're in my dreams so, now. So I just remember that sound, and when I heard it, I'm like, damn, are they about to harken back? I didn't know that that was on part one. Um, and I've listened to part one, so I'm like, I'm missing stuff. And I, you know, so when I heard that, I'm like, damn, this has to be something that is laced within the trilogy. But I've only heard it, I only recognize that sound because I'm like, am I playing the right album? Because I know he's about to come in with the, what up? How's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? No, not when the rule, I'm really. So, take a minute to, but, yeah. Okay. But, so, sorry, yeah, yeah. So I was so piped. No, you're fine. 
Um, and also, by the way, not only have I listened to this in the past week nine times, but also like everything else that he has made. <laughs> so then it goes through, I would say, tracks two through eight. So because it's uh, 18 songs long is the tr- uh, album. So basically the first half, my first listen, I was like, the first half of the album sounds very like he was trying to get up with the new age, today's music, auto tune ad-libs this does not sound like man in the moon music to me this does not seem like authentic cuddy to me right. the last half starting with mr solo dolo three there's like okay this is sounds like a solo or a uh, man in the moon album and so that i really like that more i uh after my third listen i heard mccoy in my head go well the production and how and then when i was listening to the lyrics and just how it was set up and everything like that that's when i started to appreciate all the tracks more and more and for different ways and i actually track two tequila shots i at first didn't care for it because it sounded like a new age travis scotty kind of kind of thing not that i don't like travis scott but now i really like it because i'm like listening to the words a lot more too and it's just perfect what he's saying and i like i fell in love with the word tequila or shot in that song no i don't think so no yeah i didn't yeah hate when people do that shit. Well, maybe he titled that because that's what he was. He took a shot at tequila while he was writing it. We don't It'd know, man. He's everybody a just lyrical genius. The title into their the songs. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I actually too think that you that can't face weird. me, Scar, because I am the Lion it's, King. It's only weird. It's only it's only <laughs> right. I only like that shit because it makes songs easier to find. But I don't. I think it's cooler when the song ain't named what's in the you know. And it doesn't seem forced. Like it doesn't seem like I just just trying to be right. just different, just to just make this song different. Like usually, usually with Cuddy, if it's but is it, <laughs> usually with Cuddy. It's all different. Shut up, bitch! Damn, you got all shit. We, we having a. I'm Bob. Listen, Cuddy or uh, Cody today. Oh shit! I can call him. Cody, today Yay! I'm on your side. That's not the first time. Today I'm, I called him Kobe one time too, and he damn near blew up. Um, <laughs> I literally right. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what you get. Go ahead, Cody. Well, first, real quick, that TS thing reminded me of like there's a Family Guy skit where uh, they're watching a movie in the theater and. On the screen, that's why I must become Superman for the quest for peace. And and Peter's like, oh, he said it, he said it. <laughs> Anywho, um, but no, I so I first fell in love with Cuddy because of like I was going through like a hard depression and like was listening to the first Man on the Moon uh, album and like how he talks about like everything emotionally and depression and being down so like that. It's just something that like how his intention for making music for people is like, it's something to relate to. It's for me, something I understand what Tess is saying. He's not wrong. Like it's sad. And if you don't want to be sad, you're not going to listen to that music kind of thing. But for me, I like, if I'm happy, I want to listen to happy music. If I'm angry, I want to listen to M. I want to listen to angry music. If I'm sad, I want to listen to Cuddy. Like, it's just what helps me personally. So tequila shots was really like the, what he was saying in there was really, I don't know. I just really like what he said. Cause it's like, it shows how, human he is and how much like success he's and for how long and stuff and he's still going through stuff even though he said he's like therapy and he's doing better and stuff like that but it's still like touching um but yeah all these so a lot of stuff like it's like 
what he's saying, but also like the I don't know the vibe, the groove, the like damage made. You just want to sing with it. Like I sent McCoy that meme of that kid with the headphones on screaming, like that's me. That, that's Jay. That's the Jay Versace uh, meme for you guys who don't know. He had the headphones mm-hmm. on, like he crying with his mouth wide open. Um, but yeah, those I. Cut or uh, um, God damn it! I almost called him Cuddy again. Cody was really, um, uh, he was really, really excited about this album. Uh, which I'm not is, done yet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't. Know, it sounded like you were cutting me off. No, no, no. no, no I no. still got 45 more minutes left. Okay. Um, so Elsie's baby boy. Cody Rossetti. Cody Rossetti. No, but there's okay. I'll just make it quick. There's a, I like how there's like a lot of memento stuff um, that he refers back to from his previous um, stuff. More specifically, Man in the Moon albums like Elsie's Baby Boy. He talks about in his first album how just like an Elsie's boy, how he has uh, two older brothers and a sister. Elsie um, is his mom, so he's talking about himself and that son, and mm-hmm. you know. So, um, and he was I, really I guess bored in the winter. I feel like there's a lot more I could say about the music videos that he released for this and the um, Zane Lowe interview, but I feel like it's not as relevant to the album. So go well, on. if I haven't, so Cody has definitely been on top of this. This, if you can't tell, this is one of Cody's favorite artists. Um, is that fair to make that fair to say that, right, Cody? Yes. Um, and so Cody was sending me a lot of lot of background stuff, a lot of like uh, videos, things. I haven't watched, I haven't really even watched any of that. I wanted to more so focus on the actual. No, no, not that I know. It's not that I'm not going to or that I don't want to, but I wanted to focus in on. He said right at four thirty six. No, I wanted to. I wanted to focus in on trying to gain what was from the album because I know as soon as I put a, put his visual to it. That changes, and you'll see in, in what I'm about to say. That changes what shit feels like for me as soon as I add their visual as opposed. Yeah. It's like it's like reading a book. When you read a book, yeah. you create and you craft that right. You craft that whole shit in your mind. When you go see the movie, you're like, oh well, in my head, this castle looked like this, but I feel it like you know. What I mean? This director's so, on some bullshit, right? <laughs> this castle had brick, a brown brick, not cream, ho ass nigga. What the fuck is you like? You know what I'm saying? It's, de- it's definitely different shit that you you know create. So. You seem to be really stressed over architecture, dude. <laughs> Goddamn uh, 18th century looking ass. Um, so, Russell, when you're writing your book, please be uh, very good with that. The right. structures and the architecture. What or color is the bad. brick? What color I'll, is the brick? I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. I'm trying to be right, so. um, He's a damaged author. <laughs> um, so, best production. Best production on this album. Um, I kept going back and forth in my head, but... This is original best production when I was doing my review. Another day. This reminds me of a vibe from 2009's Men on the Moon, like recrafted, retooled for 2020. So it's a simple beat. It's simple uh, layer of like synth and uh, simple 808s. Uh, ambience, like super ambience. Like you get that a lot in Cuddy's uh, music where it's like super uh, ambient, like uh, synth sounds. And I, it, it creates that like spacey, you know, in terms of, Space in terms of like room and space in terms of like in terms of like Celestial creating that yeah exactly manager. creating that like you know outer like intergalactic vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You get that so much of it. Intergalactic music. you and me. <laughs> and definitely the vibe of the album. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, coupled with like light organs and keys in the back, and there's a little like metal sound, like the the the, the snares and the percussion sound really like metally, like they turned up, you know. Um, the high frequencies or the mids to like really kind of bring that out, which I love. Um, and you get like an e- it's an easy bounce for me that 
while not the biggest beat, it's one of the best thought out because it has less frequencies and that showcases it as more. Like, the frequencies are really either, like, like really EQ'd out, and but it's not a bunch of them, but they're layered perfectly, so it's just like a few sounds can create a whole world, and I, that's why I like Another Day. Um, so, um, you, do this you last mean, album, track one was frequencies, so good pun there. I like it. Go on. Do you, do you mean, <laughs> like, when you say metally, do you mean, like, um, like, Rock metal, or no, do you no, mean no. Like I like metal, like the sound metal, of like metal, the sound of metal, like the sound of metal. Yeah, okay. yeah like what? Yep, like yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. metal. Yes, yes. Not metal, not metal. Metallica, like rock, which, Kirk which, which, thank you for saying that, Russell, because you want to clear it up when you're talking about Cuddy, because it will come left field, and all of a sudden you might have some shit that sounds like that. But I meant metal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he not, called himself like a rock star in a couple of tracks. So oh, I'm for like, sure. yeah, it, it makes sense. He's very punk rocky, yeah. So punk rocky, I like that. Um. Uh, so yes, not metal in the sense of metal music, but sounds of metal hitting, <laughs> hitting each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, aluminium. Um, <laughs> track. My second favorite beat. She knows this. Mm. Uh, this is a two-part bounce, and it sounds like some Astro World influence shit, but it's laced only how Cuddy can. Um, I like the. There's like a deep zappy bass. There's like a z- really like a z- like a. Really hummy, zappy bass underneath the the 808s, um, you know, and the, the the kicks here, like the drums, the bass drums. There's 808s, but you also get like, you can tell that it's layered with a regular kick for some texture, um, and that makes it uh, it sounds really good. There's and mm-hmm. then there's also in the first part of the beat, there's this spacey synth like whistle. There's this, this whistle underneath it all, and like yelling that yeah. Yeah, which is really just Travis Scott. Like, like you know Travis was in the studio with this nigga. Like, yeah, go ahead and add that ad-lib there, too. Um, but, that car- but that carries that vibe. And it's, it, the first part um, is a really, like, uh, you know, dope beat. But then, so very magically, <laughs> midway there is an up-tempo beat switch that keeps that vibe, it keeps that same vibe. Like, you know it's the same song, but it's just, it's, it sends it in the hyperdrive. Like black, like blasting off. You know what I'm saying? Like, like picture like Star Trek. And when they about to like take off, and they do that little shoo, that light shot shit. That's what this beat felt like. Mm. It did for me real quick in the middle of the beat. Um, the 808 switch. It, become, it, it becomes like tonal and adds variety to it. Like like boom boom boom. Like like the 808s and the Thompson shit that's there. All those drum sounds start to really uh, switch up in terms of the tone and it starts to create some variety like they go up and down in octaves and i like that there's also some, some like uh, arpeggiated like synth notes too that replace the pad the pad that was in the first one like that whistling shit comes out and now all you get is like a lot of like like you get that shit happening in the back of the beat and it just really makes for one of my favorite beats there's so much going on here you get two parts that are very synced but very different and i think if you're gonna do beat switches which i absolutely i want y'all to know i hate that shit hate it when the song changes you tell me it's the same song and it's a whole different beat i hate that right a whole different vibe whole different beat this is now track four from track three stop lying to me you bitch like i hate when i just listened to his son from his fourth album yesterday that happened the same thing it was like a nine minute song with um michael bolton out in there but like five minutes into it it sounds like a different song but it's that's his that's his third album that's indica isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Indica. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Third. Right. Third. Well, I mean, fourth. I you're indica, if you're including Wizard, but we're got Wizard. It. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Indica is actually like my favorite uh, Kid Cudi album, low key. But that's another whole other 
Sorry. I thought speeding bullet was. You're smoking crack. That's what, if you think that. I could have sworn you told me that when we first started talking about Cuddy four years ago. Oh, no. I probably told you that I thought that that was weird as shit because I never listened okay. to that album. Um, that's that's probably oh, okay. the conversation. I loved a lot of Cuddy, but I, actually that album was the one I, I was like, no. Overrating brain. Right, exactly. Delete that because if you're going to buy me that for Christmas, I will defriend you. Definitely. Um, <laughs> unfriend you, you like Facebook looking ass. Um, damaged. Damn, this is going to be a long statement. I'm sorry. Damaged. Uh, this sounds like one of the very best, like not very, like very best Kid Cudi beats I've ever heard. Like this is very, this beat is very, it's crafted for Cudi. You know, he's worked a lot with Dr. Genius. Dr. Genius has pretty much, you know, helped him to produce a lot of his shit. Um, I know Indicut, he did a lot more of the, he hopped in and did a lot more of the production himself um as opposed to dot but um i don't know how much they shared it how much they shared it on this one um but this sounds like it was made and only could be done by cutty made for cutty only could be wrapped by wrapped over by cutty it starts with the synth pad as, as most of this most of his music does have like a it does have like a some type of like computerized synth pad um which is good for a lot of like ambient like spacey music um that sonically it sounds like the point of travel in space exploration. <laughs> well, this is why, and I'm, the way I'm describing this to shit to y'all now, this is why I don't watch the videos, for, especially for somebody like Cuddy. I want to tell you what it felt like, and when I go back, maybe it'll make more sense, but I'm like, this beat sounds like that point in space travel where you are about to, on like Mass Effect or something, you're about to come in to a scene where you, you've been traveling for so long, and now you're about to stumble upon what you have been searching for. And that's what that those notes sound like. The kicks and 808s here, they're perfect. They're like the perfect amount of deep with a very well-selected snare-clap combo. You can tell that it's a layered snare and it's a layered clap, um, but it has echo and reverb on it to add to and create that like spacey delay in the sound. It's amazing. And like the um, breakdown each time rips like, like, like rips you away just enough. It's, it's like... Each time he breaks it down or he like changes, you know, and starts singing doing the chorus, it's just so perfectly placed and like well thought out. I just I love that beat. I love it. Um, best songs. Tequila shots. And I do this in an order based, like I told you last week, TS, I do this in order based on what comes up, you know. Tequila shots. This is a, a good choice of song um being selected as an intro because it definitely is like sets the tone for the album. Mm-hmm. For the first song, I like I love how Cuddy raps for eight bars and then transitions to like an up tempo singy, like singing only to come back with the like last four where he's like, um, "Lord, seeing me swerve, do to one loved ones, I've got some nerve." That part right there, like, don't think I'm not sorry. Like that whole shit is perfect, bro. One thing you can't never not cut. You can never. He knows how to like create a song. Even if it's something that doesn't make sense to you, he knows that right here I'm supposed to stretch this line. I'm supposed to like bounce here, and I'm gonna sing, and then I'm gonna rap, and then I'm gonna rap sing. Like he knows exactly where shit should be placed. Um, I love this, and I love the simple but heavy chorus dissecting like his inner struggle with the uh, "Hear me now, hey, this time I'm ready for it. Can't stop this war in me. Can't stop this war in me, in me, in me." And then he says, he does it again, hear me now, um, this time I'm ready for it. And then he says, despite this war in me, despite this war in me. So he goes from having the war to thinking like, I'm going to 
you know, triumph over this despite what's going on. Like, you, you can hear the transition in what he's saying in the, in the lyrics, man. I just think Cuddy's a great writer in that sense and a great, great song crafter in that sense. Sad people. Oh, man. As much mm -hmm. as you may want to try, you cannot escape the vibe of this song. This is one of the best written pieces on the album from the places he chooses to rap again and to pause and let the beat breathe. All these pieces work perfectly here. And what is actually the the four best, like the fourth best beat on the album. This is one of those things where it was like I was listening to it again as I was writing my review. And I'm like, you know, I got those three beats. I said, but this is really one of the best beats on the album. Why? The rapid hi-hats and the hard clapping on the second and the fourth um, kind of set up this perfectly smooth uh, tempo. So, like, the chorus is, like, perfect as he sings, but I like the way the tempo is, is created for this, for this record. Um, so, the chorus, yeah, baby, see, I'm back in my zone, just what I need, mama. Nigga, <laughs> nigga been in hell the same old. On a mission and I'm gonna fly high. This is for the sad people that keep the blunt burning. And we off on a journey. You <laughs> learn me. Like, I don't know, man. Cuddy just be cold, be cold with like creating some shit that I just wanna repeat. Like, I wanna sing. I don't even sing. And I just be wanting to sing every note with him. Like, I be wanting to get yeah, into this. I was shit. gonna say, we, we need to do a Kid Cuddy karaoke night or something that. <gasps> That would, be great. that would be great. I would be with that shit. I love this. And I also, in this in this record too, in the second verse, he got lines like, uh, I don't know why I love these lines so much, but just the way he sung it again, it's like, letting go, ooh, this ain't living. I swim in pain. Never drown. <laughs> like the whole stuff, you, you have to sing it in order to know like how perfect it lay, how perfect this is. Cause he <laughs> does it every time. And I love, I love it all, bro. I love it all. Um, sexual chocolate, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> um, so September, okay, September 16th. Between it's between this and Sad People, these are the best songs in the album for me. September 16th and Sad People. This is another one of those like honorable mention for beats creation, too, because it, it, it creates a futuristic vis. Like, this beat to me sounds like, like a futuristic visit of what sounds like a spacey. 90s or early 2000s sped up montage of like watching the seasons change. So if like you were watching the show in the 90s or the early 2000s and the seasons were going from you know winter to fall to spring and all that shit, this sounds like that. This beat sounds like that for me, but also with a futuristic tinge so that it brings you into like 2020. Um, but it, it starts that way, and then eventually you keep watching the seasons change, and as time passes, you end up with this person lost in some space time warp, just floating. That's like the best way to describe. The synth and the keys and all of that shit that's happening and it's like wobble, like wobbling throughout the background. There's this like mechanical sound and percussion again with the metal with the metallic sounding uh, sounds that happens a couple times on this album. They just EQ'd it to sound perfectly with that with that spacey bounce. Um, and it sounds like they may be moving through like a low pass filter too. So as I write this, I feel as though this is a contender for top beat. <laughs> I feel like this is one of my favorites, dog. And you have that in this, and listen, consistently listening to Cuddy, you find like there's just gems in all of his shit, man. Um, then the lyrics of the song are like magnetic because they pull you, they pull you in, man. Um, hold on, I had it pulled up. So 
this is one of those those albums where or one of those songs where um the core everything is simple like like so basically the chorus is the the important parts of the chorus is him needing love life goes by uh search for your love wherever it be he's like basically searching for love which is funny because i said it, it feels like he's floating through space in a lost time warp like he's just searching for something and you get that with the beat you get that with the drums you get that with the the synth pads you get that with get that with the lyrics and then the best part is just the like the basic like you know humming the na 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 i need your love all over me just him repeating that creates this vibe which you feel man and i I don't know, man. Cuddy just really good at that shit, man. Um, so September sixteenth, when like that and Sad People are my favorite two songs overall. Then Dive, this is one of my favorite favorites, and it has and it had to be added just because of how he writes the and moves this song. Um, he goes from melodic rap singing to hard rap. I also like how there really is no set chorus. So because of that, he creates like this freedom. That you that the records allows you to like focus on the vibe, you know. He's not like like this is where you should be expecting the it to turn up because the chorus comes here and then we're gonna drop back. He doesn't do that. He just continues to craft a vibe throughout the entire song. Some of my favorite lines in here include "Things be getting gnarly, got my whiskey by my side, soaring through the world, and I'm, and I'm about to take a dive." Like I didn't rap it the way Cuddy raps it, but this is just the sadness in me. Sad times, just another evening, and I'm leaning. Oh, like. It's not, again, because he's not a bar master, but it's just, he says some really simple shit, and I'm going to get into that in, in right now with my overall review, okay? Um, solid, continuous content uh, and coherent vibe. Kid Cuddy's best quality is his ability to make you feel him. He does that perfectly on this album. Creating and developing a mood to hold all the album together is his best skill. Um, yep. I also... It is low in features, which lets us see into his mind. You have people maybe helping, like, you know, Travis Scott said he was there uh, um, working with him a little bit on some of the records and you, that type of thing. But you really get cutty in this. And I think it's good because it's wrapping up a trilogy that, as fans, we've kind of been attached to for a decade. Um, also, he has a very, very, very unique storytelling ability it's, that is, again, simplistic but effective. As a heavy bar fan, I can't even tell you why I find this amazing, but it works. And Russell, let me tell you something. I didn't like Cuddy either. Y'all want to know the truth? I mean, if y'all all know, y'all my best friends. And if you're a fan of this pod, you know, I'd be high as fuck. So <laughs> I didn't like Cuddy. Oh, I mean, I remember hearing Day and Night being so weirded out, like, what the fuck is this nigga saying? I'm saying, I did that. This cute or whatever, but this ain't get this. He not no rap. Get this nigga off my shit, bro. Like I remember in high school too. I remember when I got into Cuddy and I had a friend of mine be like, you know, it's about him smoking weed all the time, right? I'm like, it's not. It's about like the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's struggling with the addiction and or drugs or like depressions like that. Like, but he's like, oh okay. <laughs> I think it's about both, but. I- <laughs> I think it's. I mean, it is. It's depression during the day, and then at night he has a chance to let himself go. How he chooses to do that varies because the lonely stoner doesn't just relate to someone who is on drugs. It could be uh, or smoking weed, I should say. It could be other drugs, alcohol. Um, It's the fact that you are releasing your mind through whatever vice 
quote unquote right. that you asked. That's what I was saying. That my yeah. friend was like, he's just smoking weed. That's it. That's oh, he's just smoking weed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. He's, he's just a weedhead. Right. Yeah. And now, right. so my experience with Cuddy is this. I did Molly, right? <laughs> and then what happened was I did Molly. Oh, the connection. I did, the manner. I, I did Molly <laughs> and my, and my, and, and my ex through both uh, Men on the Moon 1 and 2. On those, are the only at this time, these are, well outside of Wizard, but these are the only two albums he had, and I and I had I knew who he was, you know, because of Kanye West and the, the freshman cover of 09, all that shit. I knew who he was. I just had never. He said none of this shit held would stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And those albums turned on, and within 15 minutes of Molly kicking in, every song, and this is like 40 songs at this point, because it's the whole first album, and then the whole and right after that last song went off, it's yeah, what up. And you could just tell there was some coherentness, and you could just tell it was like, damn, this is a continuation of that, but it's bigger. My favorite Man on the Moon, even after hearing this, is still Man on the Moon 2. Because it yeah. it was Man on the Moon 1, but better, bigger, larger, more effective. That's how I was able to be like, okay, I need to be looking past just the, bar, the bars and everything this is giving me. Because it gave me to the point where when I wasn't high, and even Travis Scott said this is not understood when he first said this quote years ago he said kid cuddy is my favorite artist because when i was looking for drugs i would like to have cuddy with me and then when i couldn't find them i still got that high with cuddy i can listen to i was listening to cuddy the last few nights and i wasn't high and i could hearken back to this album and september 16th and what that made me feel and it's just like even without the drugs there is something that is, he is crafting and that is good music that is the feeling that's why Cody, or, or fucking A, that's why Cuddy is so epic. Because it's what he gives you is way bigger than just the technical skill of music. It's some, it's a feeling. Now, that's the magic of Cuddy. But, sorry, Cody. With that being said, the cons of this album. A lot of the beats come off at times to sound sim- similar sonically at moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It reminds me of what I said about Justin Bieber's album, Changes, I think it was, earlier this year, but to a lesser degree, where you, where if you aren't paying too much attention, you'll move to this album. You'll be like, damn, was that just one really long-ass song with a couple yeah. of interludes in between? Yeah. Like, if you're not paying... Some, it's, that's why Cuddy's good at creating a vibe, because you don't want to pay attention. You want to zone out. But if you aren't... And you get lost in it. But if you aren't paying attention to the records... This shit can just sound like one continuous record that's just kind of mood changing slightly. You know, it's, it's the same record that just got darker and the bass kicked in and then he took out the drums. And it's like, and that's, I don't like that. I, I like it for, <laughs> I, I like it for vibe, but I don't like it in the sense of, um, I don't want to listen to the same song over and over. And it, it wasn't like that for me for the first two men on the moon, but it felt like that this time. Um, I don't like show out at all. And I don't like Elsa's Baby Boy. Really? I hate Show Really? Out. I don't like, I don't, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm probably going to catch flack for this. I don't like the Brooklyn drill scene. I don't like that grime meets New York. I don't like none of that shit. And, and, and that's well, not fact, that. In fact, that was uh, Kid Cudi's first, what is it, posthumous uh, song feature stuff? Oh. You never, you never know somebody else that died or? I, well, yeah. He's never had a poltergeist before, so. I was going to say, he's been on songs with Mac Miller, right? Um. But I don't I don't like show out. I don't like I don't like that sound. I don't like that sound. Um 
And so that production, that turned me off right away. And then even hearing the rap on it, it was like, okay, I see what you're trying to do, Cuddy. And it's cool, but nah, I'm good. Uh, Elsa's Baby Boy. I don't, I, I, I didn't know this was harking back to the first album. I have to listen to that again. I didn't, you know, I don't know track yes. names. I don't know a lot of track names, especially from the first album. I just know sounds and what the shit sounds like. And I don't remember this, but I can tell you right now, whatever this is, I don't like it. <laughs> I do not like it. It was not entertaining. It was cutting. So the, but do you was, remember in the first album that song? It's like, a, he's got two older brothers, one who, one good, and a pro. Probably she could. Yes. And then an older, such yes. was the old sister in Christmas yep. time, his mom did. So that's in reference to that part of that song. I think it's like track two or three. I think two. I'm, I'm going to I'm um, gonna have to. Soundtrack uh, to my life. I'm going to have to like sound, listen to that again. Uh, I don't remember it sounding like this, but I can tell you right now, I don't, I don't like the way this sounds. This sounds really folkish it, and like, it sounds like. That little nigga carry on the mandolin, like hopping through the story as he's telling them, like I don't like, I don't like. I'm that. saying, I'm saying the, the lyrics, like if you're talking about like the music or how it sounds, the instruments and stuff like that part, it's different. He's about to tell me a folk, a folk tale, like sit your ass down, yeah, leprechaun. It's, it's like wow. really like a, a folksy song, but I thought it was actually pretty dope. <laughs> I was waiting for more though, cause it's like very repetitive. Like TS was saying, like you can tell he was bored in the winter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what that did for me. I remember, I remember just being like, "What the fuck is okay?" I'm gonna let it play through because I'm not gonna skip because I gotta hear this. But now I definitely, when next song comes up, I definitely, con- I don't always skip it, but I contemplate like, "Do I need to hear this right now?" Okay, yes. I guess, I guess, whatever. Um, and then also just to wrap this up, there's more points towards the end of the album that seem like slight fil- filler. Um, it's funny that TS liked a lot of the stuff at the end, and that Cody, you said you liked the stuff at the end. I think everything past, um. Track 14 seems like a bonus track that he could have left off. Everything past track 14, everything after Loving Me seems... Um, even even Russell, you said your favorite track is um, the one with um, Trippie Red. I didn't... It, these songs aren't bad. These are not bad. The bad right. songs the bad songs are Show Out and Elsa's Baby Boy. <laughs> Those are the bad songs for me. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. these, the, the, yeah. last, the last four seem like bonus. Like, like okay, well, I appreciate this. I'll, I'll listen to it. Thank you for giving it to me. It could have been on an EP or a mixtape, but I feel it, though. I fuck with it. You know what I mean? I didn't get my, my top three like everybody else, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes everything is so relaxed, too, that I don't get enough up-tempo cutty like day and night. Um, I do feel like the first part was, you know, he had some up-tempo, he had like some like a more clubby shit, but they felt like real, they real like laid back, which that is kind of Cuddy's art, too. Day and night wasn't like really turned up, but I, but I liked, you know, the bounce on that one. And I feel like we didn't get a lot of, a lot, a lot of that Cuddy bounce. We got some shit that sounded young and youthful but i want more day and night you know in 2020 i feel like i don't know much of i don't know what other cutty song would be compared to day and night like and i feel like and that was like yeah. his biggest hit yeah, yeah his first hit and people i feel like shouldn't hold on to that if they don't know like much of him because i'm like that's not mr rager like if you know cutty like that's if you think day and night like that's his first hit but it's not that's does not encompass I like, what um, he's all about, you know. One of my favorite Cuddy songs in terms of like singles is um um I forgot the name of the song, but it's off of Indica is I need it's the first thing off that. I need smoke. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hmm. I need who gonna hold me down now? I wanna get high. That's my like my Dude, favorite. That's my song. shit. That's my shit, dog. That's like my favorite. I think that's the best Cuddy by album three Indica. He was on a he was in a he had reached a point where he was like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to sound like, and y'all finna get these rap. That was his best, in terms of bars, that was my just favorite. Just What I Am. Yep, Just What I Am. Yep, King, that's the King one. Chip. And I love King Chip's verse on that, too. That shit, too. He he really 
oh my god, dog. Uh, neighbors knocking at the door, asking, "Can we turn it down?" She's, um, uh, I said, "We just loud." Wait, what do you say? Neighbors knocking at the door, asking, "Can she turn it down?" I say, "Ain't no music on." She music said, "No, nah, that yeah. we is loud." That nigga snap, bro. <laughs> That's my shit, dog. <laughs> and he definitely out rap Cuddy on that. Like, but that album is Cuddy at his best rapper, and I think he was um, experimenting. He did a lot of the, he helped on a lot of the production on that shit too. It did some of the beats on his own, so he was really full, fully Cuddy, but. All in all, this album is amazing, but it's not without imperfections. If you are, um, I just hope it's you almost a nine or holding, nine and a half in your book. If you are, if Ooh. you are, wait, can it's I let me just let me finish it? If you are holding it or any Kid Cudi album outside of maybe Indicud to some type of amazing rapper standard, it will fail you. But if you look at Cudi and this <clears> album. If you look at Cuddy as just an artist, mainly alternative, and this album is a great addition to the Man on the Moon trilogy and will surely do you well on your pursuit of happiness. All in all. I see what you did there. All in all. It's an eight. It's an eight. It is an eight. It is an eight. Oh! It is an eight. It is an eight. And wait, it is an eight, and it is an 8.5 on drugs. But it is It is not a... It is not a nine or a ten. This is not a perfect. Nope. Album. It's not even. This is not even nope. the best Cuddy album. It's not the best Man on the Moon. It is a great. I am glad that he came back with this. But listen, I don't condone this, but maybe you should just take more drugs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, you don't even know, man. <laughs> um, no, I just think I think this is a great album. I think it's it's uh, Central Cuddy. It does what Cuddy's supposed to do, but it's um, you know, it's not perfect. And I can't get up here and lie as much as I love Cuddy and what he does for me is not perfect. Just like Jay Electronica album did a lot for me, but it wasn't perfect, you know. So this is an eight. This is an eight and an eight point five if you you know do a little drug, a little druggy drug. Okay. Uh, but now after that long-winded hour-long review, it's time for Russell Prosperity. Russell Prosperity. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's time for oh, Russell yeah. Prosperity. Looking at. It. <laughs> All right. Um, so, of course, first, let's go ahead and uh, get the shout out off the way. Um, this week is a uh, shout out to. Shout out to Boss Born Collection. It's a black owned clothing retailer from hoodies, hats, shirts, masks. Oh. And they're adding new items um, just about every other day to once a week. Um, they they have y'all here looking pretty smooth. Um, you can find them on Facebook at Boss Born Collection. That's B O S S B O R N C O L L E C T I O N. Again, that's B O S S B O R N C O L L E C T I O N. Um, all one word. Um, you can find them on IG and at the website at the same name dot com. Okay. Cool. Got it. Got it. All right. Um, so now, uh, first, first and foremost, want to thank God your boy saw another sun rotation this week. Thanks again to those who showed me love and for those who oh, didn't yes. to allow me to take proper inventory. Yes. Um, he became he became thirty six. Seven. You thirty seven? Yes, sir. What? Oh my god. Eighty three. <laughs> oh wow, dog! Shout out Russell, bro. I didn't. I did not know that, bro. Uh, yeah. I definitely thought you turned thirty six. I feel. Yeah, back to like Black Oak Right. 
I feel like you keep getting older. I, well, it's like, I thought when I first met you, I was like, so wait, he's six years older than me? And then I'm like, no, he's eight. No, he's the nine. <laughs> no, he's the nine. Aggro, he goes two. He's levels up. Wait, Cody, how old are you? Uh, 28. 28, okay. TS out looking ass. Um, <laughs> Marquette. Right, exactly. We were there together in the trenches. Marquette years old. Um, <laughs> Marquette years old. About 17 hookahs and shit, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Off top, bro. He's about 17, 13, 14, 15, you know what I mean? Yes, I believe I do know what you were saying. <laughs> so, you know, I said that first because, you know, of course I want to thank or be thankful because... Um, you know, there's a lot of people who haven't been able to make it this far in the year, unfortunately. Right. Um, we lost a lot of people this year. Um, and even with the, the, uh, the quote-unquote lack of gun violence, even though there's been a lot of it, um, this year there's been other people we've lost. Um, those we're close to, those we grew up with. So... Um, there's just a lot of, of things to be kind of mindful of this season. Um, one of the things that I, I, I try to, to uh, instill in people is that, you know, I mean, you can't give yourself to those who clearly don't want your effort. Um, so being prudent in how you expel your energy should also be a focus during this time as well. Um, of course, that does not mean to refrain from being the type of person, the type of giving person that you may be, and just be more intelligent in how you do so. Uh, we are in the holiday season uh, for those who are celebrating, whatever you ch- you're choosing to celebrate, whether Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, or any others that I may have missed. Um, let us please remember the reason for the season and the tenets that each um, should be upheld, and that should be the focus for this season. Um, if celebrating Christmas, no matter which side you fall on, Santa, Christian, or hybrid, Krampus. modern mixture of the two. <laughs> Remember the season, uh, the reason for the season is the spirit of giving. Um, where Christians, we believe, where God gave his son to redeem the world, um, or for those who are promoting the Santa version, um, how he tra- uh, traverses the world to encourage the notions of being a decent human being and sharing goodwill. You should keep in mind that there is a need to be a lamp of goodwill in this time when it seems people are um, more selfish and, and more greedy. Um, that tends to be how the holidays come about. Um, if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, the, the focus should be on the different principles that encourages uh, people to take on, and not just during the season, but throughout their entire lives. Those being faith, unity, collective responsibility, purpose, self-determination, creativity, and cooperative economics. Um, these are ideals that should be a staple in all our lives, no matter what I think we believe in, um, and it should be something that we're working towards. As I stated previously in my many networking rants, um, and even a bit earlier in this uh, little diatribe. Um, Great word. What the hell is a diatribe? We're a diatribe? That's when you die three times. It's a tribe. conversation or, or, or um, uh, some type of written soliloquy, basically. Diatribe. D-I-A-T-R-I-B-E. A forceful and bitter verbal attack against someone or something. Yep. Okay, I feel it. Are you in like a rant? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could have um, said rant. 
I'm just kidding. Is that Kevin Durant? Uh, oh, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> Durant and the ants in his head. Um, <laughs> but not being so quick to take or always receive, but looking at how you can help and benefit others should be the focus of networking. Um, could you imagine what kind of world this would be if we could all grab hold to the sentiment of being a giver more than we take? <laughs> Mr. The Second. Okay. Anyway. I think I need to take a second off the man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I Kevin, Kevin Durant. Yeah, like, That's the name of the like episode. Somebody bro. talking country is on like, Kevin Durant. Like, Durant. <laughs> on your head, bro. Like, oh fix that shit. Durant. Dear, I just named the episode on God, bro. Kevin Durant on your head, bro. Right, I, Russell. Please continue. I don't mean to be. I don't, sure, no, you no. I, very mean to me. No, she, <laughs> Kevin Durant yeah. on your head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, <laughs> it's celebrating Hanukkah. Remember that it means, you know, remember that as it means that it is a time to remember your dedication. Now, I'm not going to try and go into the whole tense of why Hanukkah is and whatnot, um, because I don't really know them and I don't want to mislead anybody. But I do know that Hanukkah is Hebrew for dedication. Um, And I should say something about this time of of year. Um, I really want everyone to really look over the different rituals and routines that your faith and your family has during this time and the means behind them, um, whether they are scripture or tradition-based or simply used to pull the family closer together. Um, I think this time of year is that type of focus. Um, and, you know, as I, I was kind of expecting, you know, the Cuddy thing to, to take long because it, he is an influential, influential rapper. Um, he has influenced so much of rap and, and the way rap is now um, that um, that that deserves a longer conversation. Um, yeah. Just as him as a person and, and the things that he deals with, um, it really reminds me of this season because there's so many people who are depressed, who are um, suicidal, who are just at a low place during this season for many different reasons, um, whether it's um, things within themselves, as far as like their self-esteem, their self-confidence, self-image, um, the lack of, uh, what I want to say, elevation, I guess, for some people, um, not being where they thought they should be during this time in their life, um, and really being hard on themselves, um, the loss of family members and that um, reoccurring um, sense of they're not going to be here um, for this 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 highly um, promoted family period during the season. Uh, it's it's a rough time. Um, even in my family, we've had some family members pass around this time. Um, my um, she would have been the middle sister or the, the sister underneath me um, who um, passed the day after my birthday um, when I was four when I turned four. Um, so everyone has maybe someone that they miss during this time, 
um, or the memory of someone passing around this season that really hangs over the uh, any type of celebration or any type of family get together. Um, so be mindful uh, of that during this season and, and be extra careful to be that lack of goodwill, even if it's just um, being near someone who values your, um, your presence um, or um, strike out a conversation with someone that you haven't heard from in a while just to check on them. Um, we always talk about, you know, that, that strong friend and uh, nobody checks on a strong friend. Um, during this season, it, it is really, I think, um, important and paramount that we reach out to those we don't normally talk to just to see where they are because we could be the deciding factor for them to continue at least one more year. There are some uh, some things here that I want to kind of put before us um, regarding how this season usually is and how we should um, work to maybe change, change that narrative. Um, let us really be focused on the people we hold dear instead of the materialistic things we are purchasing and presenting. Um, this can be a time where we're so focused on, I need to get this, I need to get this, um, I need to purchase this, and we spend too much, we, we, we stress ourselves out, um, sometimes to an unhealthy degree. Um, and we really need to, to make sure that there is a balance in our celebration. Um, let's not allow this, this season to stress us out about what we can't do due to time or lack of funds. Don't feel pressured to perform gift-wise and allow yourself to take longer in getting that gift you'd like for the person that people you care about um, as it is, a, is, is, it is a, a stable of mental health to, to allow us that, that, um, that release and um, not being so stuck in having to get this gift for this time. Um, if they have to receive it after Christmas, then, you know, um, it should still be the thought and never about the gift per se. Um, don't allow other people who are stuck in the keeping up with the Jones mindset stress you out and cause you to overspend. Um, I say that to say this about the, the recent consoles that came out because mm. there's a lot of danger around Dude. that. Um, this is ridiculous. I don't know if it's the year. I know people are getting worse too, but it's like the greed, the violence, the the male, I don't know. There, people are crazy with just stealing or switching stuff or hurting yeah. people over just a yeah. piece of, like, really? Well, working at GameStop, um, the year that they released um, the Xbox One, the PS4, oh, it yeah. was really similar to this. Uh, people camping out and stealing and robbing people at gunpoint. Um, it was it was terrible. Um, every console console loss is handled poorly, in my, in my uh, opinion, um, from the manufacturer's standpoint, as well as from the retailer's standpoint, it always is a terrible um, time. I was going to say, and I feel like the manufacturers like Sony or Microsoft, they don't really care about people's health. They're just no. letting these out. They're just like, hey, we see profits. Right. And the thing is, I would do um, an initial launch um, maybe closer towards like the spring or the summer. So that's not a, not a must have by Christmas type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be a little less severe. Of course, you're still going to have people who are just going to do what they want to do because that's the kind of society we live in. Um, a lot of people have a, a selfish and a me first 
I deserve this mindset. And so, but having that initial release um, closer to the warmer months so that it's not so much pressure um, when we get closer to November, uh, November December um, for those Black Friday sales, which aren't really sales in my opinion, um, I think that would be a lot safer for people. Um, but I mean, it's the same with shoes, you know what I'm saying? Um, Why would we it talk be about, safer? Um, because it's, it's not as much stress to get it for the Christmas season. Because that's what it's really pressing on a lot of people. Um, a lot of, a lot, um, it's just the gotta have it for Christmas type of thing because everybody's really stuck in this keep, uh, keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. This is mindset, I have to have it, have to have it. Um, it's not saying that it wouldn't be dangerous or people wouldn't be this dumber at all. It's just like it'd be less of this going on. Yeah, less chaos. Uh, less stressful, less chaos. And I think they could plan it a little better uh, because with with everything going on during the Christmas season as far as like sales and, and, and um, different events and, and different doorbusters and things of that nature, I think it really puts a lot more pressure and stress on people to get this one item that's, one, it's, it's not guaranteed you're going to get it. Two, mm. um, they're not controlling how people can buy it. Um, where they're purchasing more than one, if they could um, kind of track that, that would probably be a little safer because you have a lot of people just buying up and reserving up all these systems um, so that people can't get them and they can sell them at a higher price. Um, you know, it, how we do. Um, and, and it, it, just, it would just be a lot better if these companies could actually care about the people more than they care about their fiscal scores mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think and i think <laughs> that the right. laugh is funny because it's like why would they ever um the i think the reason the christmas you know thing is such a big you know the reason it turns out the way that it does a lot of the time is because um we're programmed that this is the time to buy you know like even the businesses are like um i learned when i first got hired at gamestop about the term uh 10 and 2 um, so hands on the steering wheel? No, 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 no. Um, I'm I think just it's kidding. A, a ten and two business um, yeah. model where a lot of retailers do That's most of their months. right. That most of their profits come in the last two months of the year because of Christmas. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's 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 most retailers. Like you, they you know they obviously Target is making money throughout the year, but as soon as Black Friday or like as soon as like November hits, those last two months is because of Christmas. Because we're programmed as a society to do that, um, they make most of the profit that they're going to see that they're seeking to make in those two months. Um, mm-hmm. And I learned it's not only that, other in- industries play a part in that too, because that, that's when they release everything in the last couple of months so that right. they'll be ready for Christmas. Yeah, so they can wrap the year strong. Well, and it's like, it goes along with like, um, with these like mentalities of people and like Christmas is not about, you know, how like, uh, you know, being thankful or religion or anything like that. And they're just out to prisons. It's like same thing with, uh, how black Friday used to start at a certain time on Fridays and they're making it earlier and earlier each year where now it's on like Thursdays at three now or something. It's like, what? Yeah. Black Friday. Why is it a one? Yep. Yep. I remember. And I feel like I like, we've seen that happen in the last decade where it was like, I remember, Black Friday was like Black Friday, and then all of a sudden, like 2010, 2011, 2012, all of a sudden some shit started happening where they were like, well, actually, Thursday night, I'm like, all right, fuck it, mm-hmm. I feel it. 
And then all of a sudden, the last few years has been like, you know, Thursday, if, you know, after you done eating turkey, come down. Like, what? Literally, I was just going to say, like, people, I remember it would be uh, eating uh, Thanksgiving, and then after the, they eat their turkey and stuff like that, they go out. It's like, my family, I got to spend money. It's like, that's not what this Thanksgiving's about either. Right. What are you thankful for? Discounts? Yep, pretty much. Which aren't really discounts, because right. honestly, a lot of these sales are... Um, Having worked at both Target and GameStop, um, mm. a lot of these sales aren't any different from any other part of the year. One, um, when you have the different uh, 10%, 20%, whatever percent off, um, when you have the different pre-owned um, deals they do yeah. throughout the Glad year. Get one. Um, yeah. Right. Um, and then at Target, there were some cases where the um, actual sale price, the Black Friday sale price, was actually higher than the regular, um, the regular ticket item. Really? And yeah, where it was like ten to five dollars more than the ticket item, but because it was like, oh, you know, we're we're selling out of these, blah, 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 blah. oh, that's a deal. No, it's not. You're stupid. <laughs> but, but no, it's not. You're stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I You're even, stupid. <laughs> and see, you know, I would tell people like they would come in and they'd like they would come to the you know electronics and be like, yo, um, how much is this? And I'm like, it's this. Honestly, if you really want it, I doubt we're going to sell out on it. Um, come back a couple weeks, though. It's probably going to be cheaper. Like, you, you'd be better off. You know what I'm saying? Because right. that's Yeah, that I feel like a lot of people, people, people look at it like, oh, but Black Friday or, you know, whatever, you know, discount day they see in their head, they think, I'm going to get this for this cheapest price. But it's like, you'll get it for the cheapest price if you wait, not based on, yeah. yep. you know, the time. Like, yeah. it's kind of look at, yeah. It's kind of like articles, like you know, like we see a headline and we're like, "Ooh!" And you like that? I can't believe this nigga did that. Like a lot of them read the don't article. read like full mm-hmm. full article because if you were paying if you were paying attention to the the fact that you see this br- big bright sale sign right there, if you, if it says it's two hundred, you like, damn, it has to be you know, it has to be like four worth four hundred. So I'm gonna get a four hundred dollar TV. Like no, like bitch, it was actually what uh, one seventy yesterday, but because we knew your right. dumbass was gonna come in the store. It's two hundred. Right. We knew we were gonna have uh, a lot of qualities of this. We we jacked the price up. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. it, and it may not be even like a substantial markup uh, of like you know fifty, one hundred bucks. Yeah. It, it might be just thirty, twenty, ten, five. Yeah, um, but, but might be a dollar more because it's a dollar more in profit. But you say that, but you you know add that dollar to something that's does a dollar more. That's a mil- and a million and or two million people died. You just made an extra two million dollars as a company. That's brilliant. Plus you don't know the markup between their. Uh, their price, like cost price of mm-hmm. getting it versus what they're selling it for. I remember there was a store that I worked at and they didn't care if you discounted certain products as long as it was above a 33% markup. I'm like, that's ridiculous from what they pay for. I'm like, Jesus, oh, 33%. I mean, most of these things don't take a lot of money to make, honestly. I mean, that's how companies get over. Yeah. They. Their production costs are minuscule, and then they sell it for <laughs> labor or whatever they want to uh, add in to that that price. But they also want to be competitive too, so they're not jacking the prices too much. But um, they want to want to make sure that they're giving you a deal, but they're also making the most profit. Um, the thing I learned uh, the most at working at GameStop and even at Target was the add-on effect of people because. You have a lot of people during this time that don't really know what they're buying. They're just going by what the list people give them. And so they don't know if they don't need this extra accessory to work or 
um, how this works with other things that are um, that, that are necessary for that um, that specific product. So you can add. Um, so let's say you're getting a console, just to, to make it simple. Um, they get a console, and I'm like, okay, that's all they need to work as well. If they want to play with somebody else, then you'll need another controller. Oh, well, how much is the controller? Do we have this, 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 this? <laughs> you know, you, then, don't wanna, you don't want to buy uh, battery, so you might as well get the, the charging right, station. Right, the charger. All right. Mm-hmm. And then if you guys don't work, want to get the headset, you know what I'm saying? Right, this, all yeah. this other stuff. Like, can you play all that free? Oh, so you need stuff. this. Uh, right. Yeah. Three dollars yep. to save, you know, have the protection plan so your disc gets scratched, you can just right. bring it back. Don't talk to me about no protection plan. Fuck you, I'll just buy another one if it breaks and it's not gonna break, so shut up. And unless <laughs> you had an Xbox No, honestly, unless you had an Xbox 360, because them motherfuckers are scratching disc la- the red. Oh really? No, well, no, that's because they were designed. Yeah, but the <laughs> the Xbox like the PlayStation consoles, um, if while the game is like the disc is in and the and the console is on, you could have it horizontal and move it vertically while it's still on, no problem. But the Xbox 360, if you had it horizontal, yeah, and you turn it, it's gonna yeah. scratch the disc. Yeah, the funny but thing, I'm like, why would you why, turn it with it on those two? I did, that's why Sony moved away from the disc track. Yeah. Um, to not damage the disc. And they came in PS3 with Blu-ray, so it was like you didn't really need the protection plan for like the for the Sony shit. But like Xbox, man, yo, we that was ne- mad necessary, bro. Like, mad necessary. But like I said, um, or you could just be mad necessary to be responsible. But, well, <laughs> but that's you know that you don't know what can happen, and the the protective plan is not for something that you do to the system or that you inflict on the system. It's for the system itself. So if the system shuts down in any way because of how it was manufactured, that's what the protective plan comes for. And that prevents you from having to buy another system when it wasn't your fault. Um, anything else you did to it, yeah, you're going to have to buy another one because that was your fault. But that was the purpose of the protection plan, is that if anything should go wrong with this system, because I just bought this mug, um, I'm not trying to spend another 300 to $500 to $700 or whatever I bought um, because it wasn't my fault. That's what the protection plan is for. It was to protect you from anything um, naturally occurring. Um, and I, and, and, so I, and I, would, I get that, but how frugal I am, like, oh, we're out of ketchup. Like, no, you get a butter knife and you take the top <laughs> off and you scrape off the rest of the ribs, okay? We don't need yeah, to do that. Yeah, take the top off of Xbox 360 and, and hope that it works if you spread something on it. You, you, that's you just, what I'm well, saying. Wrap it in towel. Just wrap it in towel. Okay. <laughs> that was a good well, pun. You relish in the fact that... Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But no, I would only promote that to people who like had had children. I know it. Um, (laughs) And because of you know, it had to be a specific system. With these new consoles coming out, my advice is to just wait, wait the six months, wait it out, come back Mm -hmm. in April, come back in May, um, and it's not going anywhere, (laughs) right? And you might even get it for a cheaper price because Uh, now they got all the bugs. I wait that long, and the PS Five and a Half is going to be out. It, it, I might as well get the PS five and a half. But, <laughs> but I mean, and if you wait, what? like you might as well get one that will work, work right? Like exactly. One that has bugs right now, right? Right. Because even if the PS five come out, then it's still gonna have bugs and it's still gonna blow up on you. So you might as well just wait for that too. Yeah, don't be a cyberpunk. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so you might as well just get the system that came out last. So everybody, look at the PS four. Yeah. Well, I mean, N sixty four. It depends <laughs> on what games you want to play. My thing is, um, if we're being honest, um, the protection plan is for those type of systems, the first ones you come out with, because that protects them for that time period because it's, it's, a, it's a probationary period for that system. Um, it's a brand new item that they're bringing out. So it's going to have all these 
bugs and stuff because that's just how our manufacturers release things to us. But in my personal opinion, if you want to play video games and you want something that will last you quite some time, build your PC. You're oh, going to pay here. about the same amount as you would for console and all the accessories and things of that nature over the years. But you'll have a PC for at least, what, five years before least, yeah. the the um, the date is too out of date and you have to update, update, uh, update um, an upgrade. And then by then, it's usually just a plug-and-play thing. So, yeah. And I'm still playing my PS2, and I still got, like, all the other, like... Listen, NES, I still got NES, all my right. I just read a crazy fun fact. Um, this year, the console that sold the highest amount of sales was uh, the Nintendo Switch. Really? And I mm-hmm. thought after all this commotion, it would have been in the PS5 or something. That's crazy. The Switch they also really? didn't have as much um, in inventory sell out or come out that they made or whatever, yeah. but yeah. The Switch been especially the Switch. Nintendo's been just, I think, making some pretty nice moves with this, um, with the Switch. I think more than better than what they did with the Wii U. So Nintendo be yeah. like, they be on one and then they lose one. Then they be on like even though GameCube was Every great, other, yeah, yeah, even though GameCube was great, it was definitely a great console, but it didn't compete well with Xbox and um, PS2. Nothing competed well with PS2. Nothing <laughs> like, competed with PS2, um, right? But then the next, but then the next console wars technically um the wii sold more than the ps3 mm-hmm. or the xbox 360 um, and then their wii u was a disaster yeah so the yeah, wii u was, the wii u was basically kind of lying in line with ps4 and xbox one and it was trash and so the switch came out with like a year a year or two ago and so i think the switch is still more in tune with still more in tune with this generation because they're not giving up on that no time soon that's like they're they're running console right now so you got to look at how, how everything kind of came came to be. Because, like, um, GameCube was coming off of, um, what, 64? Yeah, N64, which was big. Like, 64 was a murderer when it came out yeah. in all the games and everything. Yeah. Because um, GoldenEye was that game. Yeah, it was like the killer thing, GoldenEye. Yeah. And you had the Donkey Kongs and stuff like that. Don't forget. That uh, really w- set the tone. Don't, so, for, don't forget WWF No Mercy, which is, like, yeah, arguably yeah. the best wrestling game to ever exist. Like, yeah. yeah. He said it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so GameCube was coming off that hype. Like when I, I remember when it first came out, it had um, you know, Tales of Symphony, had Pokemon, um, Gale of Darkness, it had yeah, Zelda. Um, Zelda, it had um, what's the other game? Uh, Final Fantasy Chronicles, which is a cute Final Fantasy game. But then the <laughs> PS2 came out um, and really wrecked shot. The first Xbox I thought was super dope though. Um, the first Xbox I heard was Dreamcast though, just reboxed. Like they bought the right. Retro- or whatever, which is why you could steal like some mm. of the original Xboxes. Um, they so Dreamcast, y'all know, y'all could like burn your own CDs, like how you would like mm-hmm. burn like yeah. music CDs. You could, those were at, mm-hmm. the Dreamcast games were CDs, mm-hmm. compact disc, and you could burn your you could burn games, bro. You could burn games. Wait, <laughs> yeah. yep. You oh wait, but they games. weren't no, they weren't the shaped the like the discs that we see today, right? They were shaped a little differently, smaller. What? No, those those are GameCube. We talking oh, about. I'm uh, thinking GameCube. I'm thinking, okay, Se- I'm thinking yeah, Sega, I'm just, Dream- Sega Dreamcast. I'm just trying to think because I thought Sony and the PlayStation was like the first. No. They invented with uh, like the compact disc, and that's Sony why did, yes. PlayStation was so innovative. And Crash yep. Bandicoot was going to be on Nintendo, and Nintendo didn't want that, so then they branched out and made their own thing. And Sony, so right? so PlayStation, Sony was working with Nintendo because Sony mm-hmm. created the compact disc. CD, Sony created CDs. For those of you who don't know, I think that's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, mm-hmm. they created the compact disc and they were working with um, Nintendo to create the first disc 
uh, system. At the last minute, Nintendo backed out. Nintendo backed out. They were like, this doesn't fit our like model, whatever the fuck was going on. And they were like, Mario would never. We're going to go with cartridges again. So, well, Sony had done all this work and they were like, well, fuck that. <laughs> we not, we just spent a million funny, dollars collaborating with cartridges. you. Like, we, went, we spent all this money collaborating with you. And so they were like, well, fuck it. We got, you know, supporters behind all this shit that's already more than halfway developed. Let's just go ahead and drop on our own. And then that's how PlayStation right. was born and uh, history was changed. So, right. And I think, you know, Nintendo was really heavily handheld based. Um, because <laughs> their Game Boys mm-hmm. always did well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The system that, you know, um, there was always some innovative work as far as handheld go. Um, the 64 controller was was different. The GameCube controller was, was a step Super. ahead in that direction. Yeah. Um, and then when it got to the Wii, yep. um, everything was, was going well for them until they tried to incorporate that handheld feature in the Wii U. Um, it, was a, it was an awesome idea. It wasn't marketed very well. There weren't enough games to utilize or to verify uh, having the the Wii Wii U controller because it was like, you know, if I need this, what do I need the system for? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, So they kind of had to figure out how to incorporate that, and that's when they came with uh, the different DSs, the XLs, and the 3DSs, and their prominence has always been in handhelds for the most part. And so with the Switch, they've gone basically back to the Wii and the Wii U, but it's a more streamlined, as somebody's dying in the background, um, <laughs> streamlined uh, handheld system uh, because you can mute. work it on the TV, you can um, use the Joy-Cons individually and <laughs> in different ways. So they really revolutionized how the handheld system works. And then now with their list of games, it's even more prominent. Um, they yep. brought their um their fan base back to that and i think it's funny too like how it's 2020 and nintendo's consoles or stuff are still cartridges and even when sony had a handheld thing the psp PSP. they had disc two that was smaller but like (laughs) they're just like we want to show you that (laughs) umds UMD, oh, yeah. that was funny. Like, because they was really like cartridge disc inside of a cartridge. <laughs> like, it was, mm-hmm. I was, and like, you fucked it up. You couldn't, you cracked the little. Is that what know? it's called? A UMD? Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> man. Oh, they're called silly. Was it like Ultra <laughs> Mini Disc or something some yeah. weird like that? Yeah. 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 Ultra Mini Disc. disc um, but we kind of got off on a tangent, but. Super tangent. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to say. Russell likes you know, video games. <laughs> we <laughs> should keep talking about. Th- I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, like I said, don't let those people who are stuck in this mindset of having to have it all stress you out and cause you to overspend. Allow people to help you if needed. I think that's something that we don't do during this time. Um, we don't really allow, allow our goodwill to show as we should. Don't let it chip at your ego or pride. Um, as we oftentimes do need each other. Um, that's just how life works. Um, as I said it before, this is a difficult time for a lot of people due to loved ones who pass or circumstances that prevent gatherings, uh, COVID-19 being a major one right now. Please be safe, y'all. Um, do what you can safely and intelligently and strive to have the best days for yourself and share that feeling with those you care about during this season. And that's all I wanted to say. Happy holidays to y'all. Sounds like you're signing out. Happy holidays. Mm-hmm. See you next week. <laughs> Tune in. So, yeah, yeah. is TS back? Yeah. Okay. He's been here. 
look at your video. I'm looking at my, <laughs> the messaging thing. Um, cut this out. Look at your video. Anywho, I guess it's time for <laughs> fucked up story of the week. Well, I decided honestly not to do any fucked up stories this week because of the fact of we're in the holiday season again. I mean, we've been in the holiday season since the end of November, low key. But this week uh, we got uh, Christmas coming up. And like Russell was going on saying that we should, no matter what you believe, hopefully family is at the forefront. Yeah. yeah. Because you never know what's going to come, when it's going to come, and how it's going to come, and who's going to leave at that That's moment, you know? Yeah. So instead of uh, giving everybody a fucked up story, I decided to just leave off on whatever Russell had to say. Also, I couldn't find any fucked up stories. So. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not that they're working. <laughs> Maybe the world's getting better. <laughs> well, I think the wait, thing wait, is, wait, wait. Okay, check strong. your check your inbox. I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> Damn it, Cody. Is, I think it's been harder to find fucked up stories this year in particular because every most people are inside the house. You can't do stupid fucked up shit if you're in the house. The most fucked up thing that people keep doing is uh, that I keep reading about. It's not original anymore. Is Somebody dies, and then they put them in the freezer, and then they're found years later, and then they're held in contempt of murder or uh, hiding evidence for a crime or something like that. But a lot of that stuff is in Russia. So <laughs> it's all the vodka. Russia, it's all the vodka. They don't know what the fuck going on at this point. There's, no, there's, there's no fucked up story if we couldn't find anything except for all this stuff that's so repetitive of people's having... Their yeah, relatives in their freezer to eat for Thanksgiving. Uh, grandmother has died in the bed again. We must chop her up, Boris. Put her in the put her in the freezer. Like what the like what? How yeah, can this keep happening in Russia? Like, and I guess that's kind of my point. It's like ah, uh, this again. Okay, I need a new story. But <laughs> so yeah, that that stuff is fucked up. Fucked up story of the week. <laughs> Wait, what's the fun fact? <laughs> Um, well, the fun fact is I'm going to keep trying to find more fucked up stories. Like, my favorite one is still the guy robbing a Wendy's with an alligator by throwing it through the, the drive. Throwing it through? How do you throw? Is it a baby alligator? No idea, is, but... That is he, a big window? Drive through Lots window? of questions. Lots of questions. But still my favorite story of a Florida man. And it happened in Florida. It's another thing. Like, dude, it's Wait, okay. Florida it's man cool. happened in Florida? What? <laughs> How the hell? Right, <laughs> so peculiar. But anyways, we'll uh we'll stay on the high that Russell gave us for uh, his prosody of the week. Um, for fun facts, I see that. Well, I saw that your tonsils can grow back if mm-hmm. there was tissue left behind during the removal process. Sometimes yeah. it's accidental. Other times it's left on purpose. So left on if purpose. you get your <laughs> yeah, if you get your tonsils removed, they may not be gone forever if the guy left a piece there. Or girl, T.S. Maybe it was a female uh, doctor. What dentist. the hell? Dentist. That's the fucked up dentist. story of the week. Did you don't think that... The yeah, dentist. I said dentist, not dentista. <laughs> dentista. Barista. Risa. Maria, Maria. <laughs> you might Why are dentists removing your tonsils? Right. I was like, what? I, I wasn't going to say no. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's doctors who do that, but all right, cool. Yeah. Wait, they um, do? Ear, nose, Dent- and throat doctors. Yeah. ENTs. Oral surgeons, which are no also idea. dentists, but there are doctors that perform oral procedures in hospital settings. 
um, even extractions. So it's both. Huh. Really? They just do that? I never knew that they made right. the sensors. I thought they yeah, only dealt with the teeth and the gums. Some of them, so they they have, I mean, like I said, it's, can be, it's usually oral surgeons, but it's a type of dentist. But also there's a lot of dentists that are have the education and have to do the schooling to do certain things, mm. um, but refuse to. Or they'll say, like, they don't feel comfortable to, they'll refer you to somebody else. Yeah, or they'll just make business practice. friends with other people and just to get them money and stuff, yeah. Nigga, just pull my teeth out. I don't want you trying to cut my throat open. I don't, this is too much mm-hmm. for me. I was not signing up for you. Give me... Well, on, this just shows that I don't know a lot about dentists because I could have sworn so dentist is just an oral doctor. You're a real Southerner now because you've been there twice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You I'm just mess with... Teeth and gums. Right. Everything past that is no. Right. right, right. Why are you, you know trying to jump off my dick? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah, that, that <laughs> apparently apparently dentists be apparently dentists or female dentists be because they can also be female. Be doing a lot. They do way more than teeth. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's fun. Huh. <laughs> Just stand there and. Now cough. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from Bend over. You stay away from after you. Because you're going to be known as the real McCoy. <laughs> real McCoy. <laughs> okay. And this All has right. been episode 80 something. Of not politically correct. <laughs> me ts aka c nova you know i gotcha you can find me on twitter at c nova kpz and this is your boy william mccoy dude that's <laughs> creepy because i almost was gonna do mccoy's thing holy smokes holy what smokes kind of man universe hey. are you living in here oh man shout out to Tony. McGuire. i was just about to be like this is your boy oh my lord <laughs> cody is so taking the back i did it i did it in his voice too this is your boy Really a McCoy. <laughs> really a McCoy. Wow, like a interlacing like, like Iron Man. Really a McCoy. Cat is short for Cat. So like is really short for Gilliam. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's funny that your voice for McCoy is like a Busta Rhymes McGruff voice. <laughs> right. That's not anything. I don't sound anything like that though. How would you know? That's the joke. Oh, okay. I was. Uh... Oh God, that's funny. Um, <laughs> you can find me on, find me wow. on Twitter real quick. KPZ Cody where are you at man we gotta go we gotta wrap this shit up it's your boy Cody I've <laughs> seen you on everything I like how you said you thing. Me, I know. <laughs> Russell who are you <laughs> yeah. it's your bitch boy. might make me just a just a bricks <laughs> just a bricks <laughs> my for my one head man Rising to the top. Oh, yeah! Gang! Mighty, mighty, tight.